Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Giannis versus KD lives up to the hype. The SEC continued to be a step above the rest. Plus, who won and who lost the NFL Draft. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Giannis Antetokounmpo puts up 49 points in an epic duel with Kevin Durant, who added 42 of his own in a Milwaukee Bucks 117-114 win over the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday. Joining me now, Frank Madden from Locked on Bucks. And Frank, after the game, Giannis said that this game doesn't mean anything. This is a Milwaukee team trying to make some changes as they head toward the postseason, which is ultimately how they are going to be judged after some recent postseason failures. So I'll ask you, how much do you think a game like this actually does mean for a team like Milwaukee? You first look at it, I think, from the standings perspective. And I think for, from a Bucks perspective, unfortunately, they've given away too many games of late to really have it have the meaning that maybe they wanted it to a few weeks ago in terms of maybe making a run at that one seed or, or at least the two seed. I think it looks like the Bucks are probably locked into the three seed most likely. Uh, ironically, beating the Nets today, and if they can do it again on Tuesday when the two teams face again, uh, probably puts the Nets and Bucks in a second-round collision course, which I don't know if that's a good good thing for the Bucks, given uh, what we've seen from Brooklyn, their talent level, and the fact that James Harden isn't even playing. But, um, you know, I think that caveat applies, certainly. These regular season games, you know, we, we've seen so many of them kind of be diminished in value due to injuries, due to rest, things like that. Obviously, Harden doesn't play today. But I think for a team like the Bucks, they've had a lot of near misses in games like this. They had one against Brooklyn when these two teams faced off earlier this season. That was with Harden playing. I think it was his first game, actually, with the Nets, and Durant was available. Kyrie was not. Um, that was before the P.J. Tucker trade. Really close game that went down to the final seconds. Bucks lose that game. They've been on the, 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 the losing end of a number of those types of games. They've had a couple of those against the Suns most recently. So I think for the Bucks, in, in some ways, it's just valuable to show that you can play more of a playoff-style rotation. We didn't see Brooke Lopez play at all in the last nine minutes. The Bucks went small to match up with the Nets going small. And, you know, we saw it. A lot of these switches... Bucks, I think, were in pretty good position defensively, and they made enough plays offensively with Giannis, obviously the big storyline, but had another really good contribution as well from Chris Middleton and um, some timely plays throughout and good defense from Drew Holiday. So I think it matters just in the sense of Milwaukee feeling like, okay, yes, we can beat a team like Brooklyn if and when we have to face these guys. We can look at that and look at that film, and we've gotten some more reps playing against these guys and seeing what Kevin Durant can do at the height of his powers as well. So I think it matters a little bit. I don't think it, you know, means that, that suddenly the, the tide of uh, the East has changed or anything like that, but I think it matters a little bit if only for a team like the Bucks to make sure that they feel like, Hey, we can do this. And we've got some combinations that can at least make the Nets sweat a little bit in the fourth quarter. Locked on today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, the NFL draft proved the SEC is still a cut above. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. If you were focused on the NFL Draft this weekend, you may have missed LeBron coming back for the Lakers after missing six weeks with a high ankle sprain. It wasn't the return that made headlines. 
It was his post-game comments. It's been urgency for me to get back ever since I got injured. Um, so um, that's just who I am. Um, you know, you guys could have seen the, the, the logging of, of minutes and hours per day that I was doing as far as rehab and treatment. Um, it was uh, a lot more than, than I slept. Um, so I've been, that's over the last six weeks, that's all I've been doing is having the urgency to get back and play. Um, I knew I would, you know, getting back to 100%, it's impossible. I don't think I will ever get back to 100% in my career. Um, but, you know, I felt comfortable where I knew I could get on the floor and help my team win. Um, two, um, you know, that play I was able to push off off my right ankle, um, you know, going left and, 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 and um, you know, the ankle that was hurt and uh, be able to, you know, get a good step on a, on a really good defender and then finish at the rim. So, um, you know, that was a good step, um, you know, for me uh, mentally. In his second game back for the Lakers, LeBron put up 19-7-6 in a 121-114 loss to the Raptors. The Knicks are currently in fourth in the East, and there's only two games separating them from seventh. On Sunday, they did what they needed to. Hey, everyone, this is Alex Wolf from Locked On Knicks. The Knicks have won again, 122-97 to over the Houston Rockets. And this is a team they're supposed to beat. This is what good teams do. And I got a newsflash for you. If anyone that's listening to this is not someone who follows the Knicks consistently, the Knicks are a good team now. They beat bad teams. That's what they do. And they took care of business, which they really had to because they're about to face the cream of the crop of the Western Conference over the next five games. Uh, some of the, the best teams that the West has to offer on a really tough road trip. So getting this game was a must uh, to start this road trip off on a good note. Everything's clicking for the Knicks right now, and things could not be more fun. The seventh seed in the East, speaking of, now belongs to the Boston Celtics after a controversial call against Portland. Hey there, John Corrales here from the Lockdown Celtics podcast after a tough loss to the Portland Trail Blazers. This was a great game, but really the story of this game is the last five minutes and the complete breakdown on the officiating side, a Tristan Thompson offensive goaltending that shouldn't have been an offensive goaltending. Brad Stevens should have been allowed to review it. They told him he was too late. That's questionable. And the result was two three-pointers after that. So instead of the Celtics going up one, they ended up down seven. That was a huge momentum swing. And then Marcus Smart got ejected for what they called an intentional shot to the groin. That was when the Celtics were down three and the Blazers ended the game on a 9-2 run. I don't think that that was an intentional shot to the groin. I don't know how it could have been. And that review killed the entire momentum of the game. Even if Marcus Smart did deserve to get ejected, that review took so long that the entire game was disjointed and the rhythm was broken. And in the end, we didn't get the ending we deserved. Sunday's Premier League matchup between Manchester United and Liverpool was postponed after United fans invaded the Old Trafford pitch in a demonstration against the team owners, the Glazer family. The anti-Glazer movement has gained momentum in recent weeks following the club's failed attempt to form part of the breakaway European Super League. While the protests have been planned and largely peaceful, it descended into chaos as fans infiltrated the stadium. The club was bought by the American Glazer family for $1.1 billion in 2005. The Glazer family also owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was the big story from last night. Here's what to look for today 
on betonline.ag. The Warriors try to cling to a play-in spot as the Pelicans try to sneak in. The betonline.ag line for this game is New Orleans giving two. The New York Knicks try to make it three in a row as they look to stay in the fourth spot in the East. They face the Memphis Grizzlies. The betonline.ag line for this game is New York getting three and a half. And Medina Spirit pulled off the upset at the Kentucky Derby. Will Medina Spirit go on to win the Triple Crown? The betonline.ag line is yes at plus 550. To check out the full list, head to betonline.ag where you can bet the NBA, NHL, MLB, and NFL futures. You name it, they have it. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON. For a 50% welcome bonus, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. We joke about the SEC as the NFL AAA, but in the 2021 NFL draft, the SEC set a record for draft picks from a conference. Every single team in the conference had a draft pick. Joining me now from Locked On SEC, Chris Gordy and Chris Look, we know the SEC, it's just different, right? That's the that's the tagline. But how did we get to this point where they are just head and shoulders above everyone else? Well, I mean, I think it starts with the cream of the crop recruiters, and that's Nick Saban at Alabama, that's Kirby Smart at Georgia, that's Ed Ogeron at LSU. I mean, it starts with those three guys getting elite talent year in and year out, top 10 recruiting classes. Then you throw in, you know, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M is starting to put together top 10 recruiting classes. You even have teams like Kentucky bouncing up and having five, six players drafted. So I just think as a whole, it's where the, the, the best talent goes to play. And as a result, a lot of that talent translates to the NFL. And that's no disrespect to the other conferences, Obviously, the ACC and Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, they're still getting elite-level talent every year. But I think the, the SEC collectively as a whole, because of the TV contracts and everything else, guys want to go. They want to be seen. And you know, when you talk about that afternoon CBS game every week, like you were, that's the premier game of the conference that you're getting national exposure from. I think that just goes hand-in-hand hand with the talent that's all ending up in the NFL. How does it change? Because it seems like if you're an NFL team, if you trust the SEC to consistently put out this talent, and of course they're bringing in the best talent, it seems like it would be really hard to break that cycle because all the best kids want to go there because the NFL wants you to play there. I mean, it just seems like, how do you, how do you break that loop? You won't, but I'll, I'll say this. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the SEC, I mean, 65 players drafted this year that they broke the previous record, which, oh, by the way, was the SEC with 63. So, um, you know, they, they had the most. The second best was the Big Ten at 44. But there are some positions at the NFL that just, like the SEC's always got deep corners. They've always got safeties, linebackers, D-linemen, O-linemen, and obviously tons of receivers and skill position guys. The one position the SEC really lacks at when you talk about translating from college to the NFL is quarterback play. I mean, if you go look at all the quarterbacks across the NFL right now, you know, starting quarterbacks and go look where they played their college ball. I mean, we just had a second guy from North Dakota State go, you know, very high in the draft to go play for, uh, you know, for the 49ers and Trey Lance. So, yeah, I think Alabama, you're looking at, you know, Tua and Jalen Hurts and obviously Mac Jones this year. But Alabama just started getting 
NFL caliber quarterbacks. Prior to this, they, they really hadn't had any in forever. And I think that's kind of the case when you look across the SEC as a whole. So if there's any gripe on the SEC, yes, they put a lot of players in the NFL, but the one spot where they're really lacking is quarterbacks. Who won and who lost the NFL draft? Our Q of the Day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So many different flavors for you to choose from. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, peanut butter, coconut, almond, toffee, almond, peanut butter, brownie. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And yet, they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. We made it. After months of preparation, the NFL draft happened over the weekend. And we got some some surprises, though not a lot. And we have to do the thing where we talk about who won and who lost the draft because that's just how this works. Plus, listen, it's fun to do. So, from Locked On Dolphins and Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs joining me now. And Kyle, this is a draft where I felt like a lot of teams acted pretty logically, pretty rationally. A lot of teams did well to help themselves. When you look around the league, which teams stood out for you in terms of maximizing what this draft could bring to their team? Yeah, I think there's a number of teams that kind of let the board come to them. There were a couple opportunistic teams, one of those being the Chicago Bears, uh, of course. Uh, Peter, perhaps not the most delightful thing for you, specifically with your <laughs> Packers background, right? But Chicago trading up from 20, you assumed they were going to be in that quarterback purgatory window. They end up striking a deal after the Eagles jump the Giants to draft Devontae Smith. The Giants then say, well, all right, we're going to jump down and we'll, we'll regroup and give Chicago a chance to draft Justin Fields at number 11 overall. Uh, and if that weren't impressive enough, then they get Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State in the second round. Another team that jumped out that I, I liked a good bit of what they did was the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, obviously, they had an opportunistic chance to double dip at the back end of the first round after the trade and pick swap with Orlando Brown Jr., sending him to Kansas City. Getting Rashad Bateman, a, a receiver who I think is really complimentary uh, to Lamar Jackson, uh, Odafe Owe from Penn State. I think he's a really good fit stepping into the Matt Judon role uh, in that defense. Judon obviously signed in New England this offseason, and then Ben Cleveland in the third round. That's a really good stylistic fit. They get a good day three value in, in Tylen Wallace. So uh, they're a team looking to kind of bounce back after an offensive regression in 2020. They were another team that I thought did a really, really nice job. But like you said, there was a lot of logic applied for a lot of teams this year. That is true. Although there are always a handful of teams that leave us going, um, what was the plan here exactly? Is there a team or two that stands out for you on that side of the spectrum? Yeah, I, I would look at the LA Rams as a team yeah. who only had one pick in the top 100. They picked 57 and 103 as their only two uh, day one and two selections combined. And they draft Tutu Atwell, the wide receiver from Louisville with one of those selections, Ernest Jones, Pretty twitched up long linebacker from South Carolina with the other, but I guess the Atwell pick 
especially when you think about the wide receiver room in Los Angeles and what it already had. And you brought in Deshaun Jackson. And I understand you got Matt Stafford here. So presumably you're going to look to to really juice the ball down the field. And Tutu Akwell can do that really well because he's blazing fast. But just the value of a guy, you know, for all the narrative around uh, Devontae Smith and his size, Atwell showed up at Indianapolis for the combine checks and he was under 150 pounds. So that was a big surprise. Uh, you look at some of the other names that they had along the way, Bobby Brown, Robert Rochelle, Jacob Harris, uh, Ernest Brown the fourth, Jake Funk. I think there's probably a lot of developmental guys, and, and I don't necessarily know how much the Rams are going to be able to call upon this draft class. But at the same time, when you look at how Les Snead and the Rams have built their roster, they don't really seem to be banking on the draft class to do too much anyway. But for the picks that they did have, they were a team that I thought made some curious decisions. And finally, the NFL draft is life-changing for so many prospects. We get caught up in the grades, and of course, that's part of the fun of this. But one moment that went viral over the weekend is Washington football head coach Ron Rivera calling Sam Cosme to let him know he's been drafted. Hello? Sam Cosme, please. Yes, this is Sam Cosme. Sam, it's Coach Rivera. How you doing? How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Yeah. You're still on our board, and uh, we're going to take you with our next pick, all right? Are you serious? I'm very serious, Sam. Oh. I'm very serious. You're serious? You're... Uh, I'm a... Are you serious? Yeah, you're going to be a Washington football team member, all right? I'm going to watch the team, guys. Thank you, Coach. All right, man. Hey, we're real happy for you. We are fired up, all right? I could watch those videos and listen to the audio all day. Sometimes it can be easy to forget that these are kids who have worked for decades to achieve something and finally get that opportunity. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts coming up on Tuesday. If LeBron is not 100%, what percent chance the Lakers have at winning back-to-back titles? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.